You are listening to a no-show radio production. Mind your ears while we unpack the unusual. This is the strangest story I have ever heard. Take a seat, grab a drink, and listen to my words. for tuning in to First, a podcast where two buds talk trash about how their favorite shows begin. We're the two buds. I'm Alex. And I'm Spencer. And hey, what are we talking about today, Spence? Okay, so I guess we should have double-checked beforehand. I assumed Hopefully. we're still going with the schedule. Mm-hmm. I watched Clueless, and I hope I did that for this episode, because if not, gonna have some trouble. Nope, that's what I did too. Dope. So, well, I didn't watch Clueless. I watched season five, episode one conveniently named repilot so we did it we managed no communication needed we're on the same page grand hoorah that's for sure so i want to start this uh, saying two things two big asterisks asterisks number one this is our school special hopefully when this comes out is the august september time frame it's not that right now guys we record these early but hopefully it is and so we thought hey let's do something fun and different and let's have our own school special asterisk number two I have been talking shit about season five because I'm a fool and I don't know what I'm talking about. I forgot that I hate season six, not season five. So I'm very excited to talk about season five, community. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say I apologize for being wrong. So wrong, Spencer. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah. No, I was watching this and I like had my arms crossed like, shit. Shit! I've been an idiot for episodes. Episodes of my podcast. That can't stand. It's so have you fine. seen season five before? It turns out I've seen everything up until like the last 10 minutes of the last episode of season six. Okay. So I've seen almost everything. Almost. Man. Man. Okay. Well, weren't <laughs> you upset that like the Annie and Jeff thing never happens? Yeah. And it, I happens must... at the, it, it happens at the last like five minutes of season six. Oh, see, and that's why I haven't watched the last 10 minutes. So <laughs> I don't know. I think getting me to watch the end of season six will be like making me rewatch season five of Rest of Development. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> Ugh. But uh, so I have plenty to talk about for Community season five, episode one. But I also got a bunch of lore and my third asterisk. So the asterisk one, two, two. Now we have three asterisks. I have a strong suspicion this is just going to become a Community episode. So I want you to talk about Clueless first. Okay, Let's get I that. Can, I can do that. Okay. Okay. So let's let's start this off. Yeah. So, Clueless came out in 1996, the year of my alleged birth. <laughs> so, it was apparently, apparently based on a movie of the same name, a straight-to-TV Nickelodeon movie that I had never seen, and for the sake of I only have to watch the first, like, I have to watch the pilot. I did not watch the movie. I did not read about the movie. I have no idea what the movie's about. I know that what? there was one. I I went into this blind, and I'm very happy that I did. (laughs) Because I think I'm supposed to know these people. (laughs) I think I'm supposed to know these friends. 
about the only character I remembered their names until I looking at the IMDb was Cher, the the main character, mm-hmm. played by Rachel Blanchard, who, and let me pull this up, has been in almost absolutely nothing I've heard of. <laughs> Let's see. So she's still doing shit. Apparently she's on a show called You Me Her. Nope. Do you know what that is? Sure don't. Sure don't. She was on an episode of Children's Hospital. Uh, she wasn't Fargo. She was Kitty. She was Kitty Nygaard. Can you believe that? See, you say the name like I should know it, and I should. That's that's the wife that gets that gets murdered by little Martin Man. Oh shit! Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, like that's <laughs> that's crazy to me. <laughs> They're like, oh, I I I was blown away. I I had no idea. But other than that. Other than that, it's been all these, like, these shows that, like, come up on Fox for, like, a season and then disappear, and she, like, guest stars in one episode. Like, uh, Flashpoint, which, I don't, I don't know, I think Flashpoint. Yeah, I was gonna say Flashpoint and Psych were the ones that I was gonna point out, but I think maybe those are big shows. They just feel like crop-up Fox shows to me, from a distance. Man. So, I had to pull up IMDb, because I forgot that it wasn't, uh... The, the character from, or the actress from the movie that played Cher and the TV show. Straight up, I asked you to watch the show. I haven't watched it since I was like eight. So I'm glad you suffered through it. I feel that. <laughs> I... Gosh, I... So wait, were they different actresses? Oh yeah, so the, the main Cher, the original Cher was Alicia Silverstone. And she went on to play Batgirl and the Batman movie, like the last Ooh. one. So she, what else has she been in? Batman and Robin. That was the Batman she has been in. Other big hits. Ooh, boy. Do I not know any of these, though? Let's look at all filmography versus your top hits, girl. She's been an actress in 62 movies. Wow. She's done stuff, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know what Rachel Blanchard also did? What? Back in 2005, she played the character Joelle, Joey's fancy sister, in the hit spinoff, Joey. You know what's funny is I remember that very well. Did you? <laughs> I yeah. do. I, I loved the hit spinoff, Joey, and I was very upset when it got canceled prematurely. I, I still quote fucking Joey. Not just the character, but that show to this day. I wouldn't know. I know you wouldn't, but it's true. But so uh, talking about actors and so on between the movie, because you didn't see the movie either. The yep. girl who plays Dion, Stacey Dash, she still played Dion in both the show and the movie. And Ooh. let's see, the guy that plays Turk in Scrubs, he was also Murray in the movie and show. And mm-hmm. Amber is the same girl. Those are the main actors that crossed over from the movie to the show. Man, well, the kid who plays Murray, I was going to bring him up because he's like the only other notable person. He's the only person in this cast that went off to do anything else. Because <laughs> he was that cool guy in Scrubs that everyone liked. Just that one character. <laughs> everyone else hated everyone else. It's fine. I don't know. So Wallace Shawn is one of their loser teachers, and he's like a prolific voice actor. He he did he's uh he was Rex in Toy Story. He was the boss in The Incredibles. He was he was in The Princess Bride. I was gonna say like Princess Bride, obviously should be the well, number yeah, one obviously. hit. But yeah, he's he's a character actor. That's that's his deal. Mm-hmm. But other than that, didn't recognize anybody. I looked through the IMDb, and there was like there were people, but they just. They, their, their flame died in the 90s. Wait, back up. Have you not seen Scrubs? Uh, no, I have not. 
I've I've seen highlights from it and looking at it, I'm like, this seems like nothing. I I, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. So you're telling I, uh, me on episode of first, you haven't seen Scrubs. I have never seen an episode of Scrubs. Okay, I'll I'll tell our producer. I'll let her know. Yeah. Okay. Man, you played okay. yourself, sucker. Did I? Yeah, you just did. Yeah. What else? What else do we got for Clueless? Okay. Oh, tell me the story. Let's... Like, what? What? What's the story of Clueless? No, we can't get to the story yet. We gotta go over more of this. More of this fucking Actor? crap. Okay. All right. Okay. So Clueless was written, created, and the first episode was directed by a lady named Amy Heckerling, which is a rad name that I'm gonna use in the future. You may be wondering. What the fuck has she ever done? Hey, well, Spencer, me, what the fuck has she ever done? Let me tell you, she wrote an episode of 2016 Muppet Show. Oh, man. The hit series? I oh. liked it. I really... It wasn't the greatest thing ever, but I don't feel like it should have been canceled. I feel like there was something there. I was gonna say, I never had a chance to watch it. I wanted to watch it. What happened? It's... Um, people just didn't watch it. Like, the oh. people who did watch it sort of liked it, and then most people didn't watch it, because they're like, oh, I don't want to see the Muppets like this, but it's like, it's the Muppets doing 30 Rock? It's like the Muppets trying to put on their show if their show was on NBC, and it was like, like, not like in a theater, not like, like a mm -hmm. big stage production, if it was like an actual television show that they had to produce. And it's like, it's not the greatest. It's not always funny, but I really enjoyed it while it lasted, but nobody watched it. I feel like that's an accurate description of the Muppets, where I feel like maybe people really enjoy the Muppets because it's nostalgic, but watching yeah. back, they, they have funny moments and it's enjoyable to watch, but it's not a ha-ha every joke kind of show. Yeah. Well, like, the Muppets flopped for like eight movies in a row before they came out with, with the Muppets, which was great and then they made a sequel to that and that sucked yep so it's like there there's gems in there but like you, the muppets is not a thing you can keep striking the hammer on <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta keep it alive a little bit like i understand the need to make sure that it doesn't go anywhere also does like, kermit like have a new girlfriend in the show he does and she's fucking awesome and everybody hated her because she wasn't miss piggy but it's like you know what miss piggy was fucking abusive Oh, yeah. No so chance. lay off Kermit. Maybe he deserves to be happy for once. Sounds like you're taking it a little personal. He's been married to this broad for decades, and she she's never treated him right. So may, maybe maybe if he wants to date a young intern and she's into it, whatever. Like, if it works for them, it works for them. I'm learning a lot about Spencer today. It's fucking terrible. It's like, because it's the Muppets, but it has, like, like relationship dynamics like fucking madness. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so this is Muppets doing 30 Rock. I'm going to write in and say, hey, can you do this but Mad Men? It'll be yeah. a hit, I promise. <laughs> Give me a gritty Muppets, please. It's the what our, is, millennials I feel want. Like, I feel like an actual like remake of the old Muppets show, where it's like, put it on Disney. It's like a stage production, but it's like, like now the Muppet show with John Mulaney and John Mulaney hosts that episode. And it's like, they're all doing skits and songs and shit. Like, I feel like that could work. I feel like that's an old formula that was just fun. And I feel like you don't even have to modernize it that much. You just have to bring out people that, like, people know. But didn't we have a whole episode already where we made fun of skit comedy? We made fun of skit comedy because most of the time it's done poorly. But when it's done with, with 
like actual talented people and a bunch of puppets. Like you can't really mess that up. Um, Watch them. Well, yeah, they they would they would find a way. I don't I don't trust writers anymore. Who's fucking IMDb? Am I even looking at Amy Heckerling? <laughs> All right, let's scroll down. We're gonna scroll down to a director thing because there's one thing down here that I thought I recognized. Let me see if I can find it. What the fuck is Vamps? That sounds like something I should know. It's not. No, it's not. That's what the fuck is this? I'm gonna get out of here. Okay. <laughs> Does she oh, direct she porn? directed. She directed an episode of The Office, Alex. How Which do you episode? not know this? You're uh, right. <laughs> the Hot Girl. What was that episode? Is that the one with the purse? Michael is just one of many male staff who start vying for the attention of an attractive saleswoman in the office. Boom! Nailed it. Yep. There you so go. that's Amy Adams, right? Or Alina Fisher. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. They're both redheads. Yep. yep. You're right. You're right. God, I'm okay. good. Weird talents. So, what we've discovered is that Amy Heckerling has vaguely scratched upon things that we sort of like in the background. So that's that's all the statistical crap about Clueless. Now, now we can get to the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. So Cher is not a teenage witch. She is not anything in particular. She is... This is where that fucking... This show feels like it inspired a whole like generation of parody mm-hmm. like watching this show i was waiting for it to become something more i was waiting for there to be a gag i was waiting for her to like bring out a wand or figure out that she could talk to inanimate objects <laughs> or something like i was waiting for it but she's just like a rich girl in beverly hills with like i don't know if he's a cool lawyer dad he's kind of like he gives good advice, but he's also kind of like an opinionated asshole. So he's a lawyer. Like, yeah, he's he's a lawyer. And there's like a gross stepbrother romance that we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so she goes to school. She has friends. She's pretty popular, I guess. And she's well established. And she has no no troubles other than what she creates for herself. So... There's there's a an advice column from back when they still had those in their their school newspaper back from when they still had those and the the girl who who goes by Miss Buzzline she gets her nose done because this is Beverly Hills and I guess people let their teenage daughters get nose jobs before they're like fully grown and their anatomy is settled I don't know but anyway the 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 ditzy a uh, fucking guidance counselor whose real life name is Twink. I don't know if you knew that, but that's I did not. That's that's a generation gone by. <laughs> and here, let me try to confirm this. No, for a second she vaguely reminded me of Charlie's mom, but that's oh. definitely not her. Definitely not. <laughs> Man, where was I? Okay, so Cher is approached to take over this role as an advice columnist. So she does that, and then the first five minutes, you see, like, two bits of her advice, and then you see that the entire school is doing better. She saved a marriage. <laughs> like, holy shit. We, like, she she's just nailing this. She has superpowers or something. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for her to be some kind of, some kind of mythical entity that could change lives. But no, she just gives really good advice. But then it turns out that she gives really bad advice in, in like, 
her rival or whatever, or maybe her friend. The dynamics are weird. So this this girl that she has a, a frenemy romance with or whatever comes in. She's been fucking crippled trying to do weightlifting because because she wanted to get rid of her flabby arms or something. And then like like one of one of the other kids who wanted to study ate some pancakes and was upset that that didn't prepare him to get an A on the test. And there's like an underage minor that one of her friends is trying to get with for the for the dance because there's so many dances, it's like community. <laughs> and yeah, he's he's young. He's like one year younger than them. And he still plays with toys at his desk. Like, I don't know what they're going for, but all these people are like, they're like driving cars and banging each other. And he's back there playing with a fucking Etch-A-Sketch. And it's like, he skipped a year. A year. If they're like, if they're freshmen, then then he's like an eighth grader, which isn't a big fucking jump. Like, I was gonna say, you talking shit about people playing with toys at the desk. And I look at my desk, I'm like, whatever. Yeah, toys suck. Well, it's like the middle of a classroom and he's like, he's like drawing like dirty pictures of girls at his desk on the Etch-A-Sketch or something. It's fucking nasty. Uh, there's, there's like a frumpy friend that, that is like forced to talk with a lisp for some reason. So and she wants frumpy. to ask out the underage boy and then she's given advice to tell him to fuck off. But then she's like, but I didn't want to tell him to fuck off because I'm in love with him. It's like, oh yeah, really, girl? But anyway, they resolve that somehow. So they're going to go to the dance together. But then Cher's like hockey playing boyfriend breaks up with her because she's been so focused on being Miss Buzzline and being good and bad at it. And so so she's brokenhearted. And then, and then she goes home and her annoying stepbrother is there. Or ex-stepbrother? So they're not only are they not related, but now they're not not related. <laughs> in case in case you you had like a gut reaction that this was creepy and weird, like in the Brady Bunch, like they yeah they they make sure that you know that they're definitely de there's no connection between these two people that are flirting and definitely gonna get it on by the end of season one. Um, also, this is a kid show, like you said, this is meant for eight year olds. And I had to sit there and watch this fucking thing on YouTube and just try to suss it out and make sense of it. And I definitely believe that an eight-year-old Alex fucking watched this show because, like, I think it's it's structurally sound. The characters are fine. It's super 90s. Oh, but yeah. It's a 90s show. I imagine that it holds up pretty well for the specific audience that they were trying to target. So, like... I don't hate on it. There's nothing wrong with it because they are doing exactly what I imagine they set out to do. It is a fine show. It got a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Like, fuck it. It's it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I just want to say for a moment, uh, Spencer, we're so stupid. I was going to make this comment, but like, yeah, you know, it's like Saved by the Bell. I've never seen Saved by the Bell. And that would have been perfectly fine for this fucking episode. This whole 90s fucking school sitcoms. I, it would have been great, actually. Or Boy Meets World. Or there's a lot of school shows I haven't seen. I haven't seen any of those either, so I don't... God, you're such a baby. Oh, Can I so... recommend those if, if, if I don't know what they are, but you don't? I mean, I, I don't know, because I kind of fudged the rules on this. I haven't seen all of Clueless. I've seen the movie a lot. 
And I remember watching this TV show in the morning when I was eating breakfast. Man, that seems like exactly when this show would have been on. Mm-hmm. Or after school, one of the two. Yeah. I was eight. Memory sucks. I'm in this weird generation where I missed Saved by the Bell. But then, like, just a couple years ago, they released a new show that's, like, a sequel to that, where they all have kids and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, like doing it again? Or no, it's not Saved by the Bell. It was The, the Boy, the boy, meets the world boy is... in the World. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Saved by the Bell. I... So, being forced to watch this school special, there wasn't even a, a really good one of, like, don't do drugs or don't have sex. It was just a normal, everyday pilot episode of Clueless. Man, crazy. Are you going to watch more of it? I I don't want to disappoint you, Alex. You don't. But I, I have nothing to do with my days, and I will not spend them watching Clueless. I will find <laughs> random garbage on Netflix before I watch any more Clueless. Maybe I'll watch the movie. Maybe one day with somebody else I will watch the movie to try and understand what it was that I saw here. But, no. <laughs> I am shocked and appalled. Wow. <laughs> well, thanks for watching it. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> I, and I think you hit something, too, where you were saying, like, you understand where some parodies come from now. It is weirdly pop culture iconic, even though it's not, like, a super cerebral show. Yeah. Ugh. Well, that's all I got. I don't okay. know what else to fucking say about that show. It's all right. John will appreciate it. Let's talk community, I guess. Shrug Let's emoji. talk about it. So, in case you guys have no idea what Community is, it was a six-season-long show about a bunch of non-traditional students going back to community college. And not it a still very good... is. There's going to be a movie. Did they actually confirm there's a movie? They keep talking about it. That that means nothing. So, keep six seasons <laughs> of non-trads going to a bad community school. That's kind of just a diploma mill. I think the main character has always been Jeff Wingenbacher, whatever. Was that his name? Now I don't even know. It's Winger. You literally had it, and then you decided to add <laughs> on to it. it. You knew uh, what his name was. <laughs> don't, don't front. No, okay. It doesn't matter. So, Winger is it starts in season one as a lawyer who faked his degree, got into a partnership, found out, all of his stuff was taken away, but was able to kind of con his way into the community college to get his law degree. Shenanigans endure. I, I, I'm going to go through the plot of season five, episode one, the repilot, but I also want to talk about the lore of community, because I feel like that's almost as important as what the fuck happens in the show. And, and Spencer, hey, you can correct me all you want, because I probably have some of the stuff mixed up, but I did some research, because I was like, I know there's shit that happened with community. And primarily what it comes down to is that every time it was time to renew the season, they had low numbers and the fans would freak out when they thought it was going to get canceled and they would get pulled back in and then there'd yep. be low numbers and they would freak out all over again. And it was like by a threat every time that the show would be renewed. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the, the big... The, the big rescue from the fans came from 2011, and it was thanks to Twitter, it seems like. That's when we were, we were really seeing Twitter movements happening. So we saw the six seasons in a movie, Save Community, and... Oh god, I had another note about it. Six seasons in a movie is like the primary call for community fans to this day. Um, oh, the thing I thought that was really interesting was that fellow fans were telling other fans to tweet to the advertisers, saying, hey advertisers hey dove uh 
we saw your commercial during community. Make sure you support the show because we saw your commercial. And I thought that, that's fucking ingenious. What a way because that's what TV cares about is money, right? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, 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 uh. It moved from NBC to Yahoo. The fifth season was NBC, moved over to Yahoo. Again, was going to get canceled. And Yahoo's like, sure, we'll spend $42 million on this only to have it fucking wash. It's not community's fault. It's definitely Yahoo's fault. But they only got their sixth season, and then Yahoo's like, we don't have enough money to pay you guys. Because at this point, after their contracts broke, they all had risen in power, as celebrities do, and they Mm. needed to be paid more money. And Yahoo couldn't afford them. Whoopsies. It happens. This is a Dan Harmon production. It is his baby, and he got kicked off after season three. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, that's another big reason why it has such a shaky production history. Dan Harmon is a funny guy, but he's also a goddamn fucking asshole psychopath. Yep. And nobody likes working with him. No, like, no one does. Like, man, because everyone knows him now from Rick and Morty. And Rick and Morty only works because of his partner. Because his partner is super laid out, laid back, and basically runs the whole thing. So, like, man, and that shows a dichotomy. You can tell when it's like... It's just like Justin Roiland hanging out and being fun and doing funny voices. And then Dan Harmon trying to make y'all fucking depressed for no reason because his (laughs) life sucks. I, like, I love Community, but I do not like Dan Harmon. He's a funny motherfucker, but I, I, like, I I don't know. So the thing is, season four happened without Dan Harmon, and season four fucking sucked. Mm -hmm. Season four was bad, so like, it's not like, oh, fuck him, get him out of here. It's like, no, we need him. He's like an anti-hero. Like he, he's he's like he holds the whole thing together. Um, Chevy Chase, uh, fucking left because of Dan Harmon. Like mm-hmm. they hate each other. They could not get along. And um, like Chevy Chase, Chase would keep like pushing for Pierce to get character development, which you can sort of see him do in a lot of episodes. Like you can see, like he kind of fucking pulls up, and it's like, oh my god, like maybe he's not, you know this caricature anymore maybe maybe he's developed a bit and then dan Harmon would get pissed at him and just write him back <laughs> like just write him back to normal in the next episode and it was like constantly doing that dumb shady shit so finally like they they just like he didn't want to come back so they they had to write him off and they wrote him off in the saddest fucking way possible and it was fucking beautiful but it was uh i don't know it oh, also God. winger punched fucking chevy chase square in the jaw he fucking yeah. hit that old man that's like another there was a lot of chevy versus the cast issues yep. that happened and part of me is like you know what i don't blame i don't blame mr chase for leaving but also he's kind of a racist and kind of a sad old man so it just was a bad mix all around yeah he's so there was also a lot of like like fuck you i'm chevy chase i'm the funniest man of a generation like mm-hmm. man do you remember all this shit that i was in or, like, him trying to bring things up to the writers. Like, man, well, when we did this movie, and it's like, in a way, he literally is the character that he was playing. Uh-huh. And um, that's why it was hard, because a lot of the time, Harmon would write Pierce as, like, a dig at Chevy. Which, yeah, like, having to act out a caricature of yourself making fun of yourself, that <laughs> sucks. That's, no one's gonna sit around and do that. No, 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 no. So I, I, I can do the summary of episode one, season five, 
pretty quick, and then we can talk about more of the, the goodies that happened around yeah. it. Because again, like talking about the actors and so on. Yeah. So season five, episode one, repilot. Jeff has graduated and starts off with a commercial of his new law office saying, "I'll help you." Of course, it was kind of directed by Abed. <laughs> yep. But then the very next scene after the commercial is Jeff having his entire office repoed. Uh-huh. Has no money whatsoever. Not doing great. Fucking dickbag nemesis lawyer Alan comes in. It's like, hey, I'll throw you a bone. There was a student down at Greendale and they were like, hey, uh, the bridge I made collapsed and I got my mm-hmm. engineer degree from this college. So we should sue the school for being negligible for giving me this degree. And Jeff goes through a lot of ups and downs of being a bad guy, manipulative guy, but actually he kind of has this soft spot and really isn't a bad guy. Goes back and forth. It's, I have a pin for that conversation. Yep. But, so he kind of gets convinced to do this thing to get him some money. And at the same time, he was planning on helping out the school because he's like, the school's for good people. I don't think they would shred any information. Then, of course, turns out that the dean, who has this huge crush on Jeff, as we all do, actually shreds all the information that (laughs) Jeff was was sure, sure they wouldn't do. (laughs) So he gets mad. And decides to manipulate his friends once more into suing the school so that way the school can be punished. Because Jeff can play his friends like a fucking fiddle. Again, it's just Mm -hmm. his his quirk. It's the episode definition that he usually has a monologue that convinces them to rally once more. Yep. Was it- God, what episode? It must be season five where they're talking about all the different monologues he's given. Mm Mm-hmm. That was a good episode. But not this episode. And so he then goes to talk to enemy lawyer Alan. And Alan's like, wow, you're really good at this. He's like, yeah, I forgot how fun it is to be bad. And by the way, I'm taking control of this case. And just belittles the shit out of Alan. And he has this really good line that I actually wrote down. Uh, you're just an amateur monster stomping over the uh, over the grave of a real monster who was willing to stay buried. And it's just such an eloquent fucking line that I butched. <laughs> but it is so good and so powerful. Because... Again, Jeff's not a great guy, and he recognizes that he has this really easy quality to tap into of just being this awful fucking person, but that he's working pretty hard to be a good guy, it feels yeah. like. And so he's like, I'm going to go save the people and like make a difference for the for me and the people that I actually care about. The only people I care about. And so he, he in his twisted way, he's trying to help these people by manipulating them. And as he's got just about to sign away the signatures of his friends to do this civil case against the school. Enemy Alan comes into the room and completely blows his cover of, oh, yeah, don't, didn't you guys notice he got you guys to do this in 30 minutes or less? Oh, no. Whoops. Did I say that? So then, of course, the friends are mad, but they're also like, well, Jeff, you'll do the right thing and sign the fucking piece of paper so that way Jeff can get his way as he always gets his way. And then Jeff has his usual... I say come to Jesus moment. He has this moment where he walks outside. And at this point, Chevy is gone from the show. Been canned, been fired. And so they have this Star Wars-like moment where he appears in this blue glow. And it's just a hologram talking about... It was the Museum of Sexual Discrimination? (laughs) Yup. That he had to do out of court order. (laughs) And so it's, of course, this very meaningful speech that naturally applies to the situation, even though he's not actually talking to Hawthorne, Chevy Chase's character. And he has this moment like, no way, no way can I possibly see the school. He goes talk to the dean again. And the dean's like, well, I could hire you to save the school. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, there's not a job for that. Well, I could hire you as a teacher. We go back to the beginning of episode this, this exact episode, and Abed calls it within the first two minutes of, oh, you could be a teacher here. There's no way I'd ever be a teacher here. Fucking Abed's meta knowledge throughout the entire show is something to address, I'm sure. It's great. So, again, tears out the paper, runs outside to the group of friends who are now burning the study table because emotions are high. Okay, again, I just want to quote most of the show and Abed's line of it's the same reason why I didn't return time cops to Blockbuster. No one else deserved to see it. <laughs> so we're going to burn the table because no one else deserves to be at this table. And so Jeff comes up. We're not suing the school. And the group's like, oh, man, come on. Emotional whiplash. Just to tell us. <laughs> stick to something. Stick to something so that way we're not all, all over the place. And they again, recognize that he's becoming a teacher and that some of them are going to roll back in the school. And Britta has this line that felt a little too fucking personal, Spencer, of yeah. I'm going to go back to to get my bachelor's degree in psychology and get my master's degree and be a real psychologist. And Anne's like, and he's like, ah, uh, well, or something else. A <laughs> real psychologist. Maybe an English teacher? A psychologist. <laughs> a little, a little personal. But you know, I'm going through this, assuming that most people have heard of community. I'm breezing through names. I'm breezing through concepts of people. You have, again, Jeff, the ex-lawyer who's now a lawyer. You have Shirley, who it wants everyone to get along all the time. Very Christian woman, but also kind of has this mean streak inside of her. You have Annie, who had straight A's. And I think it was her freshman year, she bombed out because of drug addiction. Like, pill addiction. Yep. She was, like, she... she... What was it her anxiety meds? She just yeah. like b- nearly OD'd on them and went fucking crazy and like had to be locked up. It was great. It was yeah, haha, very funny. It's good stuff. Mental illness. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, Troy, played by the lovely Donald Glover, uh, was a football star going to community college, and Abed is clearly someone who's representing the autism spectrum, wanting to get a film degree when his dad wanted him to learn just business. And Hawthorne was a grumpy old man going back to school. He was more than that. He. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> we. Oh God. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know. He he had moments, and and that's that's one of the things I I hate about his relationship with Dan Harmon is that there were these moments. There were these moments where it's like, here's Pierce showing up like every step of the way. He's he's like. Like, it, it, it oscillates. Like, his character blows hot and cold more than any other, where you can't really track where he lies. But, like, season one, you see every opportunity in the background. Pierce is, like, he's the bad guy, but in the background, he's doing whatever is best for the group. He's taking care of them, even if they don't give him credit. He He takes blame for things that he didn't do because it's easier for him to be the bad guy than, than have the group be fighting with each other. And it's, like, he, he like, he really cares he's just a product of this shitty shitty fucking environment you get to meet his dad and his dad is with the ivory fucking wig (laughs) oh and before we continue on too much about hawthorne i I again almost breezed by britta who was the person who was talking about i'll be a real psychologist yeah and i really like her and going back to the very original introduction of britta season one episode one where she's like this tough, badass blonde in a leather jacket. But she's also kind of just an airhead <laughs> and doesn't know a whole lot, but pretends like she knows a whole lot. It's, and that's, yeah. it's such a good commentary on, you know, middle class white women <laughs> who clearly know a lot more than everyone else when they actually know very, very little. Very and, little. And I, like, 
originally because like i i used to think back on like man they changed her character so much and it's like it's sort of emphasizes that thing of like when you don't know them they're like the coolest person ever and then you get to know them and you're like dear fucking god <laughs> it played with a trope that i really enjoyed and yeah I, I, and i think that goes to almost every character is that they are playing on some trope mm -hmm. and spinning it just a little bit to kind of justify it i don't know again another great quote that britta had was that's like blaming owls for how bad i suck at analogies like just the <laughs> writing for this fucking show is very good. There's a lot of good quippy one-liners, and that's how it is for the entirety of Community. And that's yeah. what I really like in a show too. Is I like quick wit. I like shit that goes fast. There's a mm -hmm. time where again, Britta's saying I'm on sabbatical, and Troy immediately is like, "Oh, I didn't know you were Jewish," and she just ignores it completely and goes back into talking about how she's a bartender. Like the rhythm of it is real, real good. And there's there's a, a time where Jeff's talking to to Troy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, your entire relationship is based around one man." You know, no homo joke. But then, like again, not missing a beat, Troy just looks off to the side. He's like, oh no, he found my Clive Owen tumbler. Just like this <laughs> <laughs> pairing of words that catches you off guard. And I feel like I can go back and watch Community and find those lines. Like, I've never caught the Clive Owen tumbler line before. And, <laughs> oh boy. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. The the last thing yeah. I'd say about this, like, this wrap-up of the show, and, and why I think it's kind of funny looking back now that I recommended Clueless and then I ended up watching this, was that, so we have Turk from Scrubs. Well, then they also make reference to Zach Braff in Scrubs in this episode mm -hmm. and how he has, or he always wraps up the show with a monologue. And I used to really, really, really love Scrubs. So hearing the Zach Braff voiceover when I haven't watched Scrubs in probably two, three years, had like that almost like nostalgic pain in my heart. I'm like, oh man, I think I know what I'm going to watch now. Man. <laughs> uh, no, it just, so, so back to the beginning of our episode where I said, I forgot that season five was really good. So I take it back. This, this season was good. I definitely was thinking season six of stuff that I did not like. Yeah. I, I was going to say my favorite episode in the whole show is the ass crack bandit. And I thought that would be like <laughs> one of your favorites, like, like dark, gritty, like SVU, like. <laughs> my favorite episode. I think yep. it was the, one of the first episodes of Community I ever watched back when it was still airing. And it's the paintball episode, but it's the Wild West. Yep. And it has Sawyer from Lost in it. Yep, black it cowboy. definitely does. And, and that was my first episode of Community I remember watching and being like, I love this show. So really any of the paintball episodes, I was super into for a really long time. Man, I, uh, so that's the thing. I'm really glad that you like season five because season five is definitely like the best. It's my favorite. Like when they introduce Hickey as a character, Hickey is great like old ex-cop teaching law and it's like all this super serious shit like there, there was like a potential murderer in his police department that got away and it like ruined his career but also maybe hickey was the murderer and like all this like crazy shit where he's like this deep dark character but he's also just an old grizzled cop trying to deal with these fucking like goddamn hooligans and if you haven't seen the show again it's important to know when it says uh it's a diploma mill. They had absurd classes. I think the first one that comes to mind is who's the boss. Mm -hmm. That's just the fucking class talking about the show. Who's the boss and trying to decide who is the boss. And each, each episode title is named after a, uh, a college course, quote unquote. Yeah. And I think a lot of people know community from remedial chaos. Cause that's the darkest timeline episode. Yep. That's the one that all the gifts are from. Yeah. So when you think, or when you see, Don Glover, Josh Gambino, Troy, with a pizza looking around at this 
room that's on fire. It's from that episode. It actually got an Emmy nomination, maybe even won an, won an Emmy. I can't remember. It's a very, very good episode. And, you know, if you're trying to get into it, it doesn't hurt to look it up and at least watch that one. It's just good. It's a good show. Very funny. Man, I... So I'm really glad that you like season five. Now I have to dissect why you don't like season six, because I figured you would love Paget Brewster. And you know what? It's been so long since I've watched it that maybe I could be I could be convinced. I would want to watch that with you if you choose to do it again. Okay. That Should that happen, I'll like let you know. Do. Okay. I I feel like if I can suffer through if you can suffer through Arrested Development for me, <laughs> I'll suffer through season six of community for you. That's where our friendship's at. Okay, good, solid. Do we want to talk about Winger? We can talk about him. I, yeah, like, so that was the thing. When you were talking about season five and six, so you didn't like them. And like you mentioned, like, yeah, and like Jeff's a teacher. It's like Jeff becoming a teacher feels like the coolest, most natural progression of his character. And I really, because like you said, he has this switch where he can... He can just flip on the evil and, like, be manipulative. And it's... Because he's a lawyer, and he's the product of, like, a, a really fucked up broken home. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a whole episode in season four. And season four wasn't great, but there's an episode where he talks about giving himself an appendix scar. Because, because like, another kid was getting all sorts of attention, and he never got attention from anybody. So he fucking cuts his own append like he doesn't actually take it out but he cuts a line on his fucking stomach and still has the scar mm-hmm. because like he needed someone to want him and pay attention to him like because his dad fucking walked out on him and his his mom was like this like crazy wino that like boosted his ego but never like actually paid attention to him like oh you can do anything but then like didn't ever want to do anything with him and like fuck like He's fucked up and he's been ruined. And then he he got into being a lawyer and grew up in that environment. And it's like, you can just lie and manipulate people. And you can just, you can just be hot and handsome and buff and everyone will love you no matter what. And it's like the progression of him actually having friends and actually having people who want to hear what he has to say. And like, it's so wholesome and genuine and fucking sweet. And you have to see the last five minutes of season six because not just Annie... Like, it is everyone moving on, and and he has this fucking one moment that lines up so perfectly with the fucking song that they're playing. I immediately went from just being like, oh my god, this is so good, to when I first saw it, I actually fucking, like, teared up and had to rewatch it, because I was like, oh fuck, this is it, this is it, I'm done. Oh, oh man. I was gonna say, quick note is that I, I meant to look up the, the intro song. Because I, I feel like the intro song to a thing is really important. I spent a lot of time trying to find ours for first, which, you know, I'm going to start actually thanking the people who do it because they deserve that. First, me just using their music. But uh, I, I think that even as the show progresses, the song they chose fits the show each season. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, Jeff, I, I, I had this comment. Is he manipulative or is he just surviving? And I... I think you already explained it pretty well, is that maybe in a different environment, he wouldn't have grown up to be like this. Mm -hmm. And it's such a good commentary on nature versus nurture, and that if more people paid attention to him, maybe he wouldn't feel this need to lie to people all the time to use his charisma for for bad. Mm -hmm. I I really enjoy his back and forth. I know it can be a bit exhausting in any kind of sitcom, anything, to watch that formula happen of 
He's going to be stubborn. He's going to be try to manipulate people. He gets what he wants, and then he hates it and goes back to yeah. where he was. Which apparently, yeah. I was looking up at Wikipedia, apparently Dan Harmon trademarked or invented that storytelling method. So hmm. it's like the hero's journey, but they call it the, the story circle. So it's the yeah. idea that you can't end up exactly where you started, even though you went through all this stuff. Well, that that is... um. So that that's the thing trying to get people into season one, because season one is a completely different show from what Community turns into. Mm-hmm. Like, you have actual, like, semi-serious but sort of quirky, like, classroom drama, and then it's like, okay, there's a guy going around the school and he's he's putting quarters down people's ass cracks, mm-hmm. and it's like, they're treating it like, like the fucking crime of the century, and like... <laughs> People are ending up in wheelchairs, and and it's the the whole episode is like has has like this weird fucking filter over it and dramatic music, and it's it's depressing and sad, and it's uh. But yeah, like in in the first like most of the first season is about Jeff trying to get with Britta, and it's like oh he's trying to get with like the hot girl, and oh is he gonna do it all? Are they gonna make a relationship? It's like it's it's, but then it it transforms to okay now he's with this professor okay now he's now he's trying to get with annie but he can't have her and it's like it's this story of want and wanting to be wanted by everyone and it's not about him being in love it's not about him being horny it's just about him needing that connection from somebody or anybody or everybody because it's not about getting that relationship or getting that like instant gratification it's about wanting everyone to want him and like that's why there's there's that good foil, which is, like, the doctor who, like, comes and takes, like, art classes at the fucking school. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, he's also handsome, but he's also a doctor, and he's, like, rich and cool and hot, and everybody likes him, and Jeff can't fucking stand it. Because Jeff is in this diploma mill where everyone's supposed to be beneath him, and then there's, like, this cool guy that, like, steals the spotlight, and every time he shows up, Jeff has, like, a mental breakdown. <laughs> Because he doesn't know how to process that. He doesn't know how to process being the second coolest guy in the room. I feel like this is a third or fourth show I've sat with you and talked about. I'm like, oh yeah, this is so on brand for you. It's fill the void, sad male character. You really like this this archetype a whole, whole bunch. I, when I first started watching the show, I didn't expect to like Jeff as much as I do. I didn't expect to like pierce as much by the end pierce has some funny fucking lines but like i said he also has those moments where it's like like in his goodbye to everybody like where where it's just him like going around the table and like all of the things that he has to say to everyone and they're like shocked at how like much he actually thought of all of them Mm -hmm. and like what they meant to him and and like so in the first episode there's a speech about them being a community but by the end and it's dopey but they are a family and it's a really good family dynamic show like they're wildly different people they have different tastes they're not all good people they don't always care about what each other has going on but at the end of the day it it's not that they just band together it's that they're always looking out for each other and it's it's really it's really fucking solid. It's a really feel-good show. Like, it, it has its lows, and it's weird that this quirky comedy has really depressing lows, where it's like, oh my god, that just fucking happened. But, uh, man. Last episode of the whole show, Abed giving a speech about what TV means to him, and like, oh god. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh, it's, um... it's one of my favorite shows. My brain just did a jump where I was thinking like, yep. okay, great season finales. The Big Bang finale just happened, what, a month ago? 
And I actually watched it. Yeah, it actually ended. And it actually had a really good finale. I've I've been hit and miss on Big Bang for a long time. For a long, long time, I had a whole rant about why Big Bang is actually kind of a shitty show. But my parents really enjoy watching it. So I watch it with them. Because I love them. But the finale of Big Bang ends with Sheldon having like this really actual kind of light bulb moment and it's not a, a huge character growth moment it, it it is and it isn't right like you know he's not changed for forever but he at least has mm-hmm. this recognition moment and gives this really nice speech and my dog's drinking water gives this really nice speech and i i like good finale monologues mm-hmm. and i think there's a whole lot of power in them and so my brain jumped to that too we also have to look at when we we're talking about how community was had low ratings community was also competing not competing because they were different networks but competing with big bang this was like the start of the Big Bang when Community was airing. And that's kind of yeah. one of those weird moments of like, oh yeah, uh, fucking Cleopatra was alive at the same time as so-and-so. When you think of like yeah. weird history overlaps, for me, I'm like, shit, that's right. These would have been happening at the same time. That's weird to think about. And so NBC saw the Big Bang Theory kicking off and they're like, we want a show like that. Community, why aren't you like that? Shrug. And that depresses the shit out of me, but you're totally right. <laughs> They just, they wanted the next hit show. And and there's one for almost every generation. Like every 10 years of TV, there's one sitcom that really takes over. So, hey, if you want to do another impromptu show like we did Swamp Thing, have you uh, watched Good Omens yet? No, because I don't have the Amazon thing. If only you knew someone. I keep, I keep seeing fucking gifts about Good Omens and everyone loves it. And John Hamm's in it. John Hamm is my selling point. He is in it. I uh, I finished rewatching Mad Men again, and it's like, holy shit, do I... You did that quick, damn, son. Yeah, do I, like, boy, do I like John Hamm and whatever he's in. He's a good actor. He's not just a handsome man. He's a good goddamn actor. Hey, hey, he who shit. do you like more? Do you like Keanu Reeves or John Hamm more? Don't ask me that. I asked what you? you. What is it? Oh, Lightning okay. round, go. So you know how John Hamm is the fucking, like, sort of quasi-face claim... For uh, for Jer, for Jerry, yeah. Um, Jer's cousin-in-law, <laughs> his uh, um, in Swotor, his his wife's his ex-wife's older brother is is a Keanu Reeves sort of face clean, but like young Keanu. This was like back before he grew the beard. This Bill was and Ted's Keanu. Yeah, th- this is like uh, it would be Keanu if he was shaved up and had sh- like short military hair. Gotcha. But oh, like so, he's... so Matrix. I imagine a bit more, a bit more grizzled than the Matrix, but not John Wick. Okay. We uh, we were gonna have a John Wick movie night the other night, and it got fucking canceled. Bummer. I I love Keanu. I. You're breathtaking. I, man. Okay. So I know people have their fucking opinions, but Keanu being in Cyberpunk should be everyone's fucking selling point. Like. Who cares about anything else? Just play it because Keanu Reeves follows you around in your fucking brain the whole game. Like, he's a perpetual character. He has fucking more lines of dialogue than you do. It's great. (laughs) Okay, so are you more excited for Cyberpunk or for the new vampires? Oh, that's a hard one. Okay, Cyberpunk is a game that I think is going to be cooler. I think it's going to be a more polished, well-written game. Um, But... I only recently, like within the past year, got excited for it. Um, and I know I only recently picked up Vampires, but Vampires is such a specific thing for me. Like, I never gave a fuck about Cyberpunk, and I don't even care about that world. I care about, like, that game looks like it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. 
vampires is a world that I'm like, oh my god, I want to get immersed in that shit. So, I think I'm slightly more excited for vampires. I'm more excited for it. But I think when all is said and done, no matter what I feel right now, I think I'm gonna like cyberpunk more. Um, vampires has some weird shit going on with the writing team. Mm. And that has me worried. <laughs> what? We've they, never seen that happen before. I'm sure it'll be they, fine. Uh, they got bought out. And and like it's it's not a bad goal, but they're they're like they're being rewritten for certain reasons, and uh, a lot of the writers um, are not super thrilled about that. And there's there's like big changes to the lore coming to to make bloodthirsty, disgusting vampires uh, more cool guy hero types. Okay. And uh, it's it's. I don't know. The world of darkness is is gonna be less gritty and more something else. It's <laughs> uh, we'll see. I I there's still like a bunch of uh there's a bunch of cool folks still working on it. There's uh I I forget her name. There's a lady that's been doing a lot of interviews. Then she seems on the fucking ball with like, no, we're making a game where you are blah blah blah. And we could give you as much choice as we possibly fucking can. It's like that's great. That's all I want. I like games where you can fucking make choices and not like just follow a rail mm -hmm. slow me down because i'm gonna go on a tangent nope you're good well hold on hey guys if you want to tell us what you're more excited for vampire mask bloodline 2 <laughs> or the cyberpunk come let us know on our discord wherever you can find that prob probably in the, the the description so you got real close to closing this out for me so let's see here we talked about Clueless, and we talked about Community, and Spencer gave us an excellent push to join our Discord, because guess what? We still don't have a Twitter or anything. It's fine. We don't? We don't. I, oh, our, no. our producer's very lazy. Very, very lazy. So, I want to give a shout out to the Spinwires for letting us use their song, Astronaut, off the- It's their second album. Check them out on SoundCloud. Bandcamp. They're a very good band. If you like our song, you should listen to their music. I know my, my computer's panicking now. I'm trying to open up a, a, a sound file. <laughs> but this is going as well as your shill did join us on discord it'll be fun pay us money on patreon because we're poor oh hey spencer by the way uh i just want to go ahead and say only three episodes in and we're hitting over 100 subscribers within two weeks that's amazing oh shit but hey if you have thoughts that are different than ours please let us know tell us how wrong so we, we are tell you how wrong you oh yeah oh yeah you almost had it go ahead go for it man no no <laughs> you, you you keep it going <laughs> You can tell us how wrong we are, even though we know we're right. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's similar. <laughs> Close enough, right? <laughs> yeah. But you can only do that on our Discord, because we don't have social media. It's, it's over. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye now.